Well, good morning and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. What a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. We are so happy to see you here with us this morning as we worship God collectively in spirit and in truth. And if you are visiting with us this morning, we want to let you know that you are our honored guests and you're always welcome to this church whenever the doors are open. Like Aaron mentioned in the announcement, there is a card in the back of your pew. Take that out, fill it out. You can pass that card to me. We've got a box in the foyer. We've got six shepherds and some deacons that you can pass that card into. We'd love to have a record of your attendance so that we can write you an email, send you a note, and invite you back out to this church. I don't know if you're looking for a church home, uh, but you've come to the right place because I don't think you'll find a finer church in all of Mission Viejo, and we're excited and happy and blessed that you are here I want to give a special thank you to Jarek for the song selection this morning. And thinking about our Advent season, we appreciate the songs that you selected. We appreciate our Bible teachers, our deacons, our shepherds, our staff. Um, we're so thankful for the work that you do here. And uh, before we even start, I just want to say a special thank you to all of you who came out last night to our holiday gathering. I was blown away and completely surprised uh, in my mind, we had 250 people, preacher count, but as I understand it, uh, we had uh, close to 80, and we're so excited that so many of you came out. It was a wonderful, wonderful evening event. If you missed out, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, hopefully, you can come next time, um, but we had a great turnout, and again, thank you to the Lizaragas and the Acosta family, and for everyone else who played a part in making that evening special, we appreciate you. Uh, we had an amazing, amazing time. So with that being said, let's, let's get right into it this morning. We've got a busy Sunday ahead of us. We've got a baptism uh, at approximately uh, 1120. So that gives me about, what, 15 minutes to get through this material. Then after that, we've got a leadership meeting. So we've got a busy day and a progressive dinner. So you're not going to get too long of a sermon out of me this morning. I'm glad I didn't hear any amens. Um, as we continue to talk about this subject, this topic of Advent, which is really a four-part sermon series, and last week I presented you with some material on what Advent actually is. It's a term that is maybe foreign to a lot of us that grew up in this fellowship, so we gave you a sermon last week about what Advent was, and we talked about what makes Christmas so special and why it's so important uh, to us. So I hope and pray that you got something out of last week's lesson. But in week two, part two today, I wanted to talk about uh, another subject that is somewhat taboo. I wanted to talk about Mary. Not my wife. I could talk about her all day. Amen. She is beautiful, loving, and hopefully she'll make me some cookies this afternoon. Amen. But uh, I could talk about Mary all day long. I'm not going to do that. I want to talk about Mary the mother of Jesus. And I want to talk about some possible reasons on why, out of all the women in the world, God chose her. There was something about this woman, Mary, this teenager, uh, and her life and her dedication to the Lord. So I want to flesh that out this morning and talk about her. The Bible says that God is looking for people to use. If you believe that this morning, say amen. 
God is looking for people to use. And if you'll just be usable, God will add the increase to your life. And I heard someone once say, you've not really lived until you experience being used by God to bless someone else. You haven't really lived unless you've done that. Now, I'm sure some of you are saying that, that God can't really use me. You should be happy, Jason, that I just come to church and I'm in the pews and I put up with your sermons and you should just be happy about that. But as I look across the auditorium this morning, I see unlimited potential. And I think that God can use every single person here this morning to accomplish his purpose and his tasks in the world. And you might be saying, well, Jason, I'm just not that type of person. Well, I'm going to say to you that you are dead wrong. You are that type of person. Not only can God use you, but he wants to use you. He has that desire to use you. He's waiting to use you. He's eager to use you in ways that you have not ever, could have never imagined. He wants to use you this morning. So, so this morning, I want to take our lesson from the life of Mary and try to uh, understand how God called Mary and what re- Mary's response to God was. So let's look at Mary, why God chose Mary above all the women in the world to be used. Now, we all know there's a lot of misconceptions about Mary, right? So when I start talking about Mary, automatically your mind goes to different places, Not once in the Bible does the Bible say we're supposed to worship her, contrary to a lot of popular belief. The Bible doesn't doesn't say that, but we hear that a lot. Uh, The Bible uh, says that uh, she was not a person that was just completely uh, sinless. It doesn't say she was a perfect person without sin, but yet some people kind of view her in that life. It does not say that she was God in the flesh. It never says that. It doesn't say give her special attention uh, uh, higher than anyone else in Scripture. In fact, the interesting thing about Mary was her plain and ordinary life, if you think about it. That's what made her special, that she had a plain and ordinary life until God called her. And God took an ordinary woman and used her in an extraordinary way. And that's what makes her so special. So this morning, I got really three points for our learning uh, on how God uses people and what he wants from people to be used, right, in order to be used. So three points. So if you're taking notes, it's real simple. The first point is this. God uses people who desire to do his will. That's point number one. God uses people who desire to do his will. Point number two is this. God uses people who decide to pay the cost. He uses people who decide to pay the cost. And then lastly, point number three. God uses people who dare to trust in his promises. Who dare to trust in his promises. Why did God choose Mary. And I'm sure my Mary asks that question all the time. Why did Jason choose me? (laughs) Not really, not really. It's worth a shot, though. God chose Mary, the mother of Jesus, and he didn't choose her because of her education or level of education. He, he didn't choose her because she was wealthy. Maybe he chose her because she was poor. It wasn't because she was mature because she was a teenager, but God chose Mary because he knew that Mary would trust him. 
And if you want to be used by God, you have to be a person that really trusts in God and who desires to do his will. Let's look at our first passage of scripture this morning found in Luke chapter 1. Verses 26 and 27. Keep your Bible open there because we're going to continue on in our reading. But let's let's pick up on the story of of Mary here and her encounter uh, with God through this angel. Luke chapter 1, 26 and 27. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, the virgin's name was Mary. So we already see the beginning of this very interesting story that God sent this angel to this virgin who was pledged to be married. The angel didn't know any better. He didn't know that this was taboo. A virgin can't be pregnant or with child. That just doesn't look right. But the angel, through God, chose Mary. And there's a lot of things to think about. Let's go to this next passage and let's see Mary's response because of this. Luke 1, 29 and 30, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And if you just think about that, just put yourself in Mary's shoes for a moment. Why did you pick me and what do you mean I'm going to be with child while I'm engaged to my husband and we never had those type of relations yet? What do you mean that this is going to happen to me? But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. The scripture says that Mary was afraid to be used by God. I think a lot of times we can be fearful of being used by God. That's a scary thing for some of us. Why? Because there are fears that we encounter, that we have to overcome, that we have to deal with in order to be used by God. The fear of criticism, right? I was talking to a friend of mine who happens to be a great, outstanding preacher, but he said, I will never be a preacher in the church. And I said, why? He said, because I'm worried about the criticism that I'll receive. It's hard for me to deal with that. The criticism is difficult. So sometimes we don't follow through on what God wants us to do because we're fearful of what others may think about us and what we're doing. There's the fear of the supernatural. What will God do to me is what Mary was concerned about. I'm worried about that. Fear of inadequacy. This young teenage girl was probably thinking, I'm just a child. Why are you using me, Lord? I'm obviously inadequate. I don't have the skill set and the ability to accomplish what you want me to do. There is the fear of change. How will this change my life if I allow myself to be used by God? So when it comes to being used by God, we have to deal with all of these fears. We have to learn how to put them in their proper places so that we can be used. But the thing about Mary here that I love so much is Mary had all these fears and maybe even more, but she never let her fears control her. And I hope and pray at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ that we would be the same way, that we wouldn't be motivated by fear of what could happen or what could not happen, but we are motivated by love to carry out the mission. Because if we let fear control us, God can't use us. And you remember the passages in the gospel where it says, uh, the parable of the town, you wicked and fearful servant. God doesn't want fearful people in his kingdom. He wants courageous people that he could use. 
And what we also see about Mary here is that after we saw that she was a person who desired to do his will, she decided to pay the cost of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. I love this text. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due for him, uh, do him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. There's always a cost in following God's plan for your life. Let me say that one more time. There is always a cost in following God's plan for your life. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? Practical application. If you were to say to God, you know what, Lord? In 2015, I want to give you more of myself. Next year in 2015, I want to be closer to you. I want to be in alignment with your will in 2015, Lord. I want to be on fire for your plan in my life. I want you to be my center. If you say that's a, that's a wonderful thing, but guess what? It's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Well, what do you mean? You're going to have to give up some stuff in order for that to happen, amen? Uh, there will always be a cost. There will be risks that you have to deal with. It always requires faith to live like that. And you're going to have to step out and do some things in the unknown that you're scared to do if you want to be used by God. But a lot of us, we just don't like to be uncomfortable because we don't like to deal with that. We want things to be easy in the natural. But if we want to be used by God, we've got to realize it's going to cost us something. Maybe some relationships, maybe some finances, maybe some time. It costs us. And the question is, are you willing, am I willing to count the cost? And what I love about this is what Mary said in response to that question in this next verse. Uh, in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 38, uh, she says this, I am the Lord's servant. And look at this. If you don't hear anything I say this morning, just look at this text and I could sit down and I will have done my job. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. And I am willing to accept a few things that he wants me to do. Maybe one or two that don't cause too much trouble in my life. No, she said, I am willing to accept whatever he wants. May everything you have said come true. And then the angel left. Don't you love that response? From Mary there, I'm willing to do whatever. Mary said, I'm willing to do whatever God wants. And I don't know about you, but that sounds a little risky to me. What is it that you want, God? Have you ever said that to God? God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. It's being willing to pay the cost. Can you imagine what, is the, what the cost was? I don't even think Mary knew what the cost was really when, when she said this. She knew something was going to happen, but she didn't really fully grasp it in my opinion. She could have said, no, oh, Lord, I'm not going to do that. No, don't <laughs> think so. You want me to do what? Oh, no, thank you. No, no. But she didn't say that. She said, whatever you want, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. She had a choice. Man, and can you imagine the cost she paid to be the mother of Jesus Christ? She didn't even know she was going to see her son on the cross being crucified and her down. <laughs> she, she didn't know all of that. She didn't know what the future held for Jesus, but she said, I'm going to do it anyway. And boy, can we learn so much from Mary's experience there. 
You know, the first thing that cost Mary was her reputation, if you think about it. She was a virgin, and she was pregnant. Now, you know, you know we don't do that shacking up thing in the Church of Christ. We, we know better than that. But she was a virgin, and she was pregnant. She was engaged to be married to Joseph, and I wonder what Joseph was feeling. How are you going to explain that to everybody in the community? What do you mean? How do you explain that? She gave up her reputation, and that's something that we need to think about. Sometimes we just need to let our reputations go to be used by God. It's not about us, but she gave up her reputation. And guess what? Jesus was about 30 years old before he started even doing miracles to validate who he said he was. So I wonder what communication was going on. Mary said this child was going to be special, but we hadn't seen anything special out of this guy, right? So all that chatter, all that talk. Can you imagine what Mary was thinking? What is everybody thinking about me? I'm single at this point. I'm pregnant, and the baby is going to be God. Now, you would take her to the loony bin, wouldn't you, if you heard somebody say, my baby is God. Uh, <laughs> counselors, somebody. But she was willing to say that. What's my friend's going to think? What's my fiancé going to think? If you were engaged and you were a fiancé and, 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 and you went up to your fiancé and say, by the way, I'm pregnant, and it's not by you, I mean, it's just a lot of stuff going on there. How are you going to fix that? But she didn't care. She said, I'm not worried about my reputation. I want to do what God requires of me. And oh, I hope and pray that we have people, and I know we have people in our fellowship that are willing to do that as well. I'm not concerned about my reputation. You're not concerned about your reputation. What's most important is we want to make sure we serve God and be used by God. And if we allow ourselves to be used by God, he can do some amazing things. All right, I got to get through this quickly. God uses people who dare to trust in his promises. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. I once thought all these things were so very important, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the priceless gain of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I may have Christ. I think the King James says rubbish, doesn't it? All things are rubbish compared to Christ. In order to trust in his promises, we've got to realize that there is nothing we can obtain in the flesh that can compare to knowing the Lord. And when we come to this realization, God then can use us. And like I said earlier, it takes courage to be used by God. Courage doesn't mean that you're not afraid, but courage uh, means that you're going to face that fear. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is moving ahead despite being afraid. It's facing your fear. That's what courage is all about. Another word for courage is faith. Mary was a woman of deep faith. She didn't have all the answers, but she knew in whom she believed and was persuaded that he was able to do what he said he was going to be able to do. Mary wasn't a woman who was afraid of miracles and the supernatural. And I want to suggest to you that when you come upon situations where you're scared or you think you're over your head, you're following God's will, but it's scary, don't worry, instead worship. Don't panic, instead 
pray. Anytime you're afraid about anything, it means that you have forgotten the promises of God. And what God wants us to do is he wants us to claim those promises. And that's why I love so much what she says in Luke chapter 1 and verse number 45. What the angel said here, you are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. And that's the perfect verse to end on this morning. You're blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. I hope and pray that we believe this, this statement on an individual level. Because if we really believe that, we know that if we become Christians and we give our lives to the Lord, we don't have anything to worry about. I hope we believe that as a church. If we trust in God and follow what he calls us to do, and then he'll bless our church. I hope we truly believe that, and I think we are a fellowship here that really does believe that. So I just want to leave you with this last question. Um, what difference has Christ made in your life? Are you allowing yourself to be used by God? I hope you are because the Jesus that we serve, the Bible says he made himself a servant. Took upon the form of a servant. Wasn't worried about his reputation and decided to serve and allow God to use him. And I hope and pray that during this season you are allowing God to use you because this is a wonderful season to share the gospel message of Christ with the world. So this morning, if there is anyone here that has been struggling in this area, maybe there's been something in the way that has uh, kept you from God, following God completely and allowing yourself to be used, this invitation is for you. We'll pray with you, we'll pray for you, and we'll ask that God will use you in powerful and miraculous ways. Maybe this morning you're not a Christian. Maybe you haven't given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ yet. I would say, why not? What's holding you back? Jesus is calling you. God wants you on his side. And guess what? You can do that today by simply standing up and saying, I repent of my sins. I confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, and I'm ready to have my sins washed away in the pool of baptism. Maybe there's someone here that's ready to make that step. Whatever your nerds, needs are, nerds, whatever your needs or concerns are, we invite you to come together while we stand and sing. Stop.